Welcome to the first episode of Fan Relations, where every episode is a peek inside the traditions and emotions of fans from a different hockey franchise. Brought to you by Seven Elements, serving those who serve. They provide the veterans of Tennessee a healthy mental outlet through hockey. Any donations made to Seven Element go 100% into their ice time, equipment, tape, skate sharpening, you name it. It all goes back to the vets. They accept Predators tickets donations as well. You can reach them on their Twitter at 7element6 or on their Facebook, 7element Athletics. I'm your host, Allie Haid from Penalty Box Radio, and once again, welcome to the first episode of Fan Relations. I want to say something about this podcast before we start. Before the idea of fan relations happened, I thought about writing a book after trialing each arena. But, one, that's expensive. <laughs> Two, I wouldn't have gotten the full immersion needed to cover each franchise the way they deserve to be covered. They deserve to be covered with absolute love and adoration from the eyes of their own fans. I thought the perfect way to start this podcast was to acknowledge the Stanley Cup champions, the Washington Capitals. Where else do you start? Other than the boys who won it all. Here with me on the phone today is a good friend of mine, Zach Horton. He's been a Caps fan for what feels like forever, right, Zach? Uh, It's a very long time. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) As a Caps fan, tell me about your thoughts and emotions going into the 2018 playoffs. Uh... Well, going into the playoffs, it was like any other, um, just like any other year. Obviously, there's a lot of you know nervousness going in and wondering whether or not we're going to be able to even make it past the first couple of rounds. Uh, and obviously, in that first round against Columbus, going down two nothing in the series, that did not uh, help my emotions at all. No positivity in any of that. Uh, the rest of the hockey world thought that we were going to get swept. Everybody was like, "Let's bring out the brooms." Uh, it was a little bit of a scare, but. Uh, as the boys are, as last last year's team was, uh, they're very relentless and won four straight in that series, and we were able to continue uh, that kind of momentum throughout the rest of the playoffs and into the finals and uh, were able to bring home the cup. So it was just crazy emotions, uh, lots of ups and downs, especially in the second round against Pittsburgh, too, as well. Uh, it's I feel like every year we play Pittsburgh, the whole playoff format, that's another discussion, but... Um, you know, every every season it feels like we face Pittsburgh, and we were finally able to get past that uh, that road bump, and it was uh, extremely satisfying. Like I can't begin to explain. You know, it, it's weird. It almost felt like you know beating Pittsburgh in the second round to move on was already there, like winning the cup. It was like those kinds of emotions. It's like we had finally accomplished that, and when we accomplished something like that, it was more of like, all right we've done it but then you know there's more to it there's two other rounds you got to go to to win it all so um i don't want to say that this is true but i kind of felt like my reaction when we beat pittsburgh in the second round was probably more intense than when we won the stanley cup uh just because there's more history with that for me uh in the struggles of getting eliminated in the playoffs it's just uh it was just complete raw emotion when Guzzi scored that overtime goal in game six. Um, I feel like I just, I mean, I had hit the top of the world. I just hit the top of the mountain. It was just, it was amazing. It was just, um, I was there with my family and I, I mean, and it, it, when he was skating down the ice, you know, obviously it's only a couple of seconds, but it felt like forever, you know, it was like, Oh my God, like, please put this in the, put the puck in the back of the net, please. 
and he did it. And Ovechkin's reaction too after Kuzi had scored, basically my reaction uh, after I was done screaming at my TV. So <laughs> can confirm. Uh, yeah, and so I just I, I think the emotions I had moving on past the second round was uh, probably. Uh, like I said, I don't really know. There are different kinds of emotions winning the cup versus finally beating a team that you struggle against for years. Um, but I would say that my emotions when we beat Pittsburgh, that was probably the pinnacle. Like, that was the top right there. Uh, definitely up there. And um, moving on into the, the conference finals, it's new for me. Uh, I was born in 98, so that was the last time the Capitals even went to the finals. But obviously, I don't remember any of that. So this it was new territory for me. Uh, and a new experience, actually watching my team play in the conference finals, um, and it was an amazing experience to to go and witness it in person. I was very fortunate to um, go to Game Three when uh, at home when we played Tampa. Unfortunately, we lost that game, but still, the that was the first home game in a conference final since '98. So something really special, and I was really excited to be a part of. Um, and the atmosphere was just insane. It was just just awesome. Um, just pure, you know, energy, just electricity was definitely off the charts. It was crazy. And being able to see the Capitals, even, you know, like I said, like against Columbus, you know, you got to have that relentlessness, you know, when you go down in the series. And Tampa, you know, when they took that 3-2 to two lead, that was really, it was really tough. A lot of people, you know, struggled to stay with it. And, uh, I kind of struggled to stay with it as well. You know, I had seen this before. Everybody had seen this before. Tampa's a really good team. You know, so it, it would make sense if they moved on to the finals. But I'd say my dad was definitely the one that that stuck with it uh, from the very beginning as well, even against Columbus and even against Pittsburgh. And so he did not let go, and uh, he convinced all of us that we could do it and we could rally. And... Uh, I was actually watching a movie. I was at a movie theater with some of my friends during that game. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't watch game six. Cause that's, <laughs> that's the game I'm talking about. I'm kind of glad yeah, I didn't right. watch it, but apparently, apparently it was one of the best games of the series. So, um, but I'm glad I didn't watch it because I would have been extremely anxious and my emotions would have been all over the place and I would have just been an absolute wreck. Uh, and and I, so, I've seen you when you're anxious. You get you get pretty That's bad. Not, <laughs> uh, it's not it's not pretty. You know, I start going into my superstitions and hoping yeah, everything will work, and, I, and then I, I'll start changing stuff up too. Tell me so, about those. I just, I, Tell me about yeah, your superstitions. The superstitions. Yeah. Oh my god. Had a whole video full of them. Where do I even begin? They um, were insane, y'all. I, <laughs> I would say the the biggest one, the biggest one was sitting on the couch. Uh, the way that our couch is set up, it, it's, you know, different segments. And so there's one segment that has like a crack in it. And uh, I would always have to sit with my left leg. I think it was my left leg, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, I had it was... to sit in that crack, yes. right? And yes. then my right leg had to be on one of the other parts of the couch. I had to sit with my hands, you know, like I had to put my hands together and put my arms on my legs and kind of be like <laughs> hunched over watching. Um during intermissions, I would always have to get up and go look at my phone, um, even if I didn't want to look at my phone. You know, I just I had to go. I'd always, I would always check Twitter though, and and Facebook and Instagram and see what everybody was talking about though during the games. So that was that was really entertaining. But 
gave me something to do as well to pass the time. Um, but I always had to do that. If I didn't, if I didn't do any of some, any of these superstitions, I felt like it was just the game was over and we were going to lose. And so um, I, I'm pretty sure there were some other ones too. I, I can't think of any more at the moment, but those were the biggest ones that I remember. And it's probably probably going to continue into uh, any other season that we're in the playoffs. So um, I just what and, and uh, I want to say this as well. I'd say the thing that really got it for me was on the NHL video games, you know, the <laughs> EA Sports NHL yeah, video yeah. games, I would always do a a playoff, like, like uh, playoff mode, basically, you know, where you go in, I would go in as the Washington Capitals, and I would play through the playoffs against the teams to try and win the Stanley Cup in the NHL video games, right? Right. I would do it before every, before every playoff, actual playoff, you know, uh, session began. And so this past year was the first year that I did not do that. I did not go onto the video games and do that run through and win the cup in the video game. So what I'm hearing so I wanted, is you didn't jinx yourself. I, I think that's a great <laughs> way to put it. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, and I'm, and I'll tell you what, since I did not do that last season, you can definitely bet on it this season that I am, <laughs> I am con- going to continue to not play the playoff mode and try and win the cup with the Caps. I will definitely guarantee that. Man, I might have to try that. I do the same thing. <laughs> oh, no, that's the trick. You don't want to do it. Yeah, All right, I'm going to take that yourself. to heart. I'm going to take that to heart right there. Definitely try it. See what happens. No, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt, you know? And then worst case scenario, if your team does go out early in the playoffs or doesn't make the playoffs, then you can go ahead and play it, and then you can win the cup in the video game, make yourself feel a little bit better. You know, that's a great but, idea. Uh, that is a great uh, idea. All right, I want to talk about that post game though. I saw tears, man. There were tears. Uh, there were tears in that there, living room. There were tears. Uh, <laughs> you definitely had tears. I, I definitely will say had that tears. For sure. Oh man, you yeah, you I, were very excited. I, even yeah, yeah, even as someone in the Preds, that's a Preds fan to say the least. I grew up here in Nashville. I grew up basically in Bridgestone. My family had original season tickets, so I mean, I grew up there. But to me, the Capitals are like the big brother to the Preds. I, even absolutely. I would agree. Yeah, with that. yeah, even after the game, walking home to Bridgestone. It doesn't matter what color shirt you have on. It doesn't matter what sweater you have on. They are yelling, I love you, drunkenly back and forth. doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't think the Caps and the Preds will ever hate each other unless it comes down to them in the Stanley Cup final. I think that is the only time that there will be a true rivalry. And after that, I think the, there might be a couple of apologies from both sides, <laughs> both Stanley Cup. I I would definitely I can definitely see that and I totally agree with that because it, it's really weird how connected those two organizations are. Oh, I mean yeah. they really are really close. You look at even David Poyle, Barry Trotz, you know some yeah. of the 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 player changes between the two. You mm-hmm. know where you guys got Philip Forsberg, we got Erat. It seems like there's always some kind of you know ma- either management connection or player connection that's going on between those two, and it's got a lot of history too. It's been around since the Preds have been around back in in '98 and stuff, and so it's been um, it, it's been a long time that these two teams 
and these two organizations have have you know just kind of had that weird connection and so I totally agree with that in the sense that you know I, I don't think the fans from either side really have a true hatred for each other because there is kind of that big brother sense where it is kind of like family a little bit yeah absolutely. and so I can definitely say I can definitely say though that the, the connection is even more weird for me having come from the DC area and moved to Nashville and have lived uh, near Nashville and have seen the Preds grow as an organization and have seen the Capitals obviously grow as an organization. And then you, as you grow up in the, the little brother sense, you know, from the Preds side of things, you get to see that connection even more. And so I would definitely say that that is a thing and that uh, I would agree with that big brother mentality and that how that is a, uh, how they are connected. So. Absolutely. We might pick on each other, but we'll support each other as long as they're playing, not us. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Absolutely. I'll stick with that. Yeah. As, as far as the, the post-game emotions go, though, I, I would say that you were definitely crying because I think you were excited for me, but you were also excited for the organization because yes. did you have that connection. Yes. But, uh, I will say, though, that you know I did have some tears in my eyes, but more more than anything it was just shock it was like i can't believe it you know and it took a while for me to sink in and every once in a while because i i you know i have pennants and i have banners around my room here of you know stanley cup champions and sometimes i take it for granted you know where i just they're just room decorations but sometimes i'll sit and i'll look at it and be like we actually won the stanley cup you know we won the championship that's the thing. And so I think I was really struggling with that, especially for the first couple of weeks. And it took a while for it to set, to set in. But it really hit me, I want to say, the next morning, though, um, for sure. Because the next morning, you went home that night, and I woke up the next morning. I was on my way to class for college. And uh, it was a beautiful sunrise. You know, everything was perfect, and then it just hit me, and I just started crying on my way to school. And it was like, I was like, we won the Stanley Cup. My Washington Capitals are Stanley Cup champions. You know, all the years that we've struggled with in the playoffs, all of the the negativity that we've gone through over the years is just, it's gone. We did it. We proved ourselves. And so I was just taken over by that and I would say my emotions definitely got the best of me the next morning uh, after the shock was kind of gone and it was more of like you know we did it kind of thing we, we are the champions so um, it was but it really was fun when you were here and that happened I, I don't know if I've screamed any, any louder in my life and I'm glad we didn't get a noise complaint because <laughs> um, it's definitely a possibility but uh no, nothing like that happened, and I was able to scream, and I was able to cheer my team on as if I were back at, at home in uh, in Franklin. So uh, it was it was really nice, and it was amazing to have uh, an amazing friend like you, Allie, there with me to share those That's kinds fun. of emotions with and share that experience with. So it's something I'm obviously never going to forget, and I'm going to hold on to and keep it close to my heart uh, for the rest of my life. Uh, I'm never going to forget where I was when we won the Cup. Me neither. I'll never forget where where we were when they won the cup, too. It's a quality yep. thing to think about. But going back to oh, our yeah, emotions, sure. when you first realized, 
were did you have about the same emotional breakdown when you uh, got to hang out with the cup for a little while? Uh, <laughs> uh, that was a very, that was an extremely fun experience. Uh, I I want to thank John Walton from Caps Radio, uh, Caps Radio twenty four seven, and the Capitals organization. He's the radio play by play voice of the Washington Capitals, and I want to thank him and everybody else associated with. Uh, the radio with Capture 24-7. They're just great guys. Um, but they invited us up. John specifically invited our family up to Miami of Ohio, uh, where he went to college, because he and um, the Capitals goalie trainer, Mitch Korn, was uh, also a student at Miami of Ohio, and they both mutually agreed to have their day with the Cup at, at that campus. And uh, it was just a little bit of a trip for us, and it was a little bit uh, last minute. I want to say maybe a couple months out or so. But uh, obviously, I don't think we were going to pass up the chance to go see Stanley. Oh, no, or never. Stanley himself, yeah. Never. So we definitely, definitely took advantage of that invitation, and um, we flew up there uh, and went to campus. And it was set up in the Goggins Ice Center, which is where the Miami, Miami of Ohio college team plays a very awesome facility too very cool but i want to say that because that was really i think the first time that i had actually ever seen the stanley cup in person as well which is pretty interesting so i want to i want to say that again it wasn't necessarily an emotional breakdown but it was more (laughs) of a shock it was more shock (laughs) again yeah and then you know touching it getting to touch it as well yeah was was also in insane i mean you look at you look at the cup and you think about it for me, for me, it wasn't necessarily, I was thinking about the Washington capitals when I was, you know, looking at the cup and touching and everything. It was more of like, there's a lot of history to this, to this piece of metal or whatever it's made out of, you know, it's, it's been around for over a hundred years or it's not necessarily all of it, but you know, it's come together over the last 100 years. And there's a lot of, there's so much history behind it and so many emotions that people have had with it. And you think of, I mean, really, that's kind of the one thing that I was thinking of when I was, when I saw it and when I was just getting to actually, you know, see it and everything. And it was just, it was just, I want to say, pure shock more than anything, where it was like, this is it. This is the real deal. And then on top of that, knowing that I get to see it because... Washington Capitals are now Stanley Cup champions. It was also pretty cool to think about. You know, this is this is the this is the same cup that you know all the boys were celebrating with and doing all the crazy stuff with, right? Oh yeah. So yeah, like oh, Ovechkin did a keg stand out of this. Like that's pretty cool. <laughs> so uh, it was uh, it was really fascinating. It was really awesome, and that's also an experience I'm never going to forget. Um, and I'm really fortunate to have been a part of the organization in that kind of way and to have celebrated with everybody and uh obviously it's my profile picture everywhere right now <laughs> as it should me, be me and stanley as, as it, it should, should be. be exactly so um i'm never gonna forget that and it was just an amazing experience so it's awesome yeah that's awesome it was brought to you by caps radio 24 7 which your dad works for uh have you gotten to do any work with them specifically uh i want to say when my dad came in onto the Caps Radio 24-7 project, they wanted to redo, in a way, kind of the whole system, where they wanted to 
not necessarily try and reach out to as many fans as they can possible, but they wanted to reach out to the the Capitals fans that were invested in the organization and that were true Washington Capitals fans. They just wanted to make them have a better experience on the radio. And we also, in doing so, you grow your listenership. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, exactly. And so Caps Radio 24-7 has definitely grown over the years since we hopped on board and joined the project. Um, so my work specifically when we first started out is we wanted to do these new talk shows. So John Walton wanted to do these game day talk shows or actually weekly talk shows as well where it was just during the week they would do about a two-hour session where people could call in, ask questions, um, and they just give up, you know, they give constant updates for what's going on uh, with the team and what's going on with the season. And my job specifically was we were taking that audio and I had to go in and edit some of it and then turn it right back around and put it back on uh, the radio and back on the app. We used uh, TuneIn. We were using TuneIn as the uh, source. And um, we would turn around, put the audio right back in, in the lineup, uh, the edited audio, so it's without all the ads and everything, and so people could listen to it if they missed the actual talk right. show. Yeah, so it was exactly. in a secondary so, uh, podcast for the next day. Yeah, kind of, yeah. exactly. Cool. Yeah, yeah there cool, you go. Cool, cool. Yeah, they, so it was, where can they find them for people that are curious? Well, the uh, I don't know if they're archived. Well, I'm pretty sure they're archived within our own files, uh, like on John's computer and everywhere else. <laughs> but um, I, as far as the public trying to find those files, I'm not really sure. Uh, those That was years ago. The talk show has kind of changed over the years. Uh, now it's more of a Caps game day thing where they only really do the talk show beforehand and they don't necessarily accept calls anymore. I'm not really sure about that. It's been a while since I've actually been on the project and helped out with some of the audio and whatnot. Um, also, one of my jobs was to transition the the game day stuff. So after after the Capitals post game was over, you have to manually switch over. Uh, you have to manually switch over the post game back to uh, like the normal radio. And right. so uh, my job was to time it, try and time it to where you can, where I could easily switch it over to where it was no longer post game and it went back into the normal radio side of things. Uh, otherwise it would just be dead air um, once right. they ended the post game show. Right. So that was also one of my, that was also one of my jobs and uh, just little things here and there helping out with the, with the, with the program and, uh, it was really fun, but I don't really do any of that anymore. So I'm not really sure specifically some of the processes that they have going on and how often they change and how much they've changed since then. Um, but uh, as far as the archive files go, I would say that I don't know about any access to them, but definitely tune in to Capture Radio 24-7. They're doing a new uh, a new system here where I think they may be moving off of the tune-in setting and kind of go into their own their own actual um, platform uh, online. I don't know the URL specifically, but um, it's definitely becoming a thing. And there you'll be able to listen to the live uh, Caps Game Day promos and just the Caps Game Day sessions uh, and listen to them talk about you know, basically do those podcasts before right. the game where they talk right. about the team and talk about the season. And uh, I want to say this, that NBC Sports Washington also does about a 20 or 30 minute podcast where they talk about games uh, after they had happened. 
So let's say the Capitals had played Nashville. Well, they will talk about the Capitals and the Predators. They'll talk about that game and what it means for both teams and how that's going to affect the rest of the season. Just, you know, standard, just regular talking about both both the teams and everything and talking about the past game. So they do those podcasts and they put them up uh, on the website, on their website after every game. And those are also really interesting to listen to. And uh, we actually take those promos. We take the audio from those promos, uh, or not the promos, but, you know, the, uh, the, the productions that they do in the podcast. And we'll put those up on Caps Radio 24-7 for people who are listening to uh, Caps Radio 24-7. They can listen to those NBC Sports Washington podcasts. So um, we also do the promos and stuff, too, but we kind of make our own promos. So uh, Wes Johnson, who is the voice of the Washington Capitals, is the uh, PA in the the sense of the voice of the Washington Capitals, the public address announcer. Right. Uh, Awesome guy. Very cool. And uh, we like to have his voice on a lot of the stuff that we do uh, when uh, we're doing promos for things or advertisements. So we like to try and take advantage of using his voice on a lot of things. And, uh, he's got an awesome radio voice. He's actually been in several video games, and um, he's just a great, awesome guy. So That's cool. It's, it's, oh, yeah, it, it, it's really cool to have, have his voice on a lot of those things. So it's really kind of for, – for Caps fans, the true Caps fans, or you know, even just fans that have gone to the games and they know that voice, it's familiar to them, um, there's something pretty comfortable about it. Uh, and pretty recognizable to where it's like this is this is cats, but this is the capitals. So even right. if you're not really there physically, there you still get that kind of you know feeling as if you're at the games because you'll hear his voice every once in a while. Oh, that absolutely. Really cool. Well, speaking yeah. about your PA, your wonderful PA, let's talk about an arena tradition and customs. Where oh, let's man. talk about let's talk about the national anthem. You know exactly what oh, I'm talking okay. about. That O and red. Where does that come from? I mean, red is oh, pretty red. obvious. <laughs> red is pretty. But. Red is pretty obvious. You have the rock, the red. Uh, I would say that we're still kind of in the rock, the red era. It's definitely still the Ovechkin era. Uh, but um, the red definitely comes from rock, the red, and the O. A lot of people are kind of uh, a lot of people that aren't familiar with the with the national anthem tradition in Washington. It's kind of confusing to them. But the O actually is for the Baltimore Orioles. Or at least as, as far as I know, it's it's for the Baltimore Orioles, which is kind of funny because you have the Washington Nationals right. <laughs> that are the, the major MLB team in D.C., but Baltimore is not that far down the road. Um, and I would say the Orioles in some sense are bigger when it comes for baseball. Like when it comes to baseball, the Orioles are the more popular team sometimes than the Nationals. Right. Um, yeah. So I think the O, <laughs> I think the O actually stems from the Orioles. That would, so those are the, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Those are the uh, – and I'm not necessarily – I don't really watch a lot of baseball. If I were to say – if I were to have a favorite team, I would say it's the Nationals. I'm just an all-big D.C. sports fan in general besides the Capitals. Like, I like the Wizards and the Redskins as well. But um, I would say that uh, – I, I would say that that's probably where the O comes from. Yeah, <laughs> from no. The baseball side makes total sense. So – all right. Yeah, and I, gotta, I, and I, I still say it. I still say it. Yeah, good. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got another one I want to talk about. So right, whenever whenever the other team gets a goal, y'all as a crowd respond, "Who cares?" Where'd that come I, from? I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest here, and I know that some Preds fans are not gonna like me for this, but I don't really like that chant because it is very Nashville like. 
Um, <laughs> and I know everybody everybody loves the Preds chance, you know, taunting the goalies and everything, and I get that. Everybody has a good time. But me, personally, I'm not a big fan of taunting the other team uh, in those kinds of chants. So when Washington really started doing something like that, or, or where it was, you know, I think they sometimes do like a he still sucks or something like that. I, I really have no idea. There's some, they kind of change it up every once in a while and add new chance. But the who cares chance specifically is more, I want to say more like a Nashville chance. So uh, where it came from, I'm not really sure. <laughs> but uh, do I uh, have an appreciation for it? Not very much. Um, and I actually, that's one of the few things that I don't really participate in because I don't think about it. Uh, like I, I know that it's coming and sometimes I don't even know that it's coming. I just, it depends, but, um, <laughs> I'm not, I, overall, I'm not really a big fan of the chance, so yeah. I don't really know much about it though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's but, all right. That's an interesting take on that. Very Nashville, like, makes sense. It definitely and is. I can see it that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well. I got one more I want to talk about. I want to talk about someone that's been in that arena for probably as long as you can remember. Let's talk about the goat. Goat and a chance. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know too much personally about goat, but I do know that uh, he's definitely the pride and joy of the the chance. Um, He's very popular with everybody. And... uh, Everybody loved the chance and, you know, how he would get everybody back into into the game, even if the Capitals were out of it. And I think the organization really kind of relied on people like him uh, to get the crowd in it when uh, they most need it. So, uh, you know, he would always do the let's go caps and you got the horn, obviously. Uh, I always hate hearing Pittsburgh do their horn because it sounds, obviously it's a different sound, but it's the same kind of concept. And right. so I always think that they, they stole it from us. But I really don't know when those kinds of chants started, so I can't really say if they stole it from us. But it's uh, every time I hear something like that, I think of Washington. Um, Me too. Because that's what I'm, that's, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm most, uh, what I'm used to. That's what I heard growing up. And so um, I would say I definitely have a huge appreciation for him and everything that he's done for the organization and for the crowd. And um, he's just one of those one of those people where you know you don't really think much about him when you go to the games, but he has a huge presence. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. In, yeah, has a huge presence in as part of the atmosphere and everything that's going on with the game, and uh, he knows. You know when to do those kinds of chants. He follows the game. He understands what's going on. He understands when to do these kinds of chants. When to kind of let off, let people figure things out. And so, uh, especially during the playoffs, because I would say during the playoffs you have more people that understand the game more and understand what's going on. You have more of the fans that are actually truly interested in not only seeing the Capitals succeed and want to see them succeed, but also they have a great appreciation, understanding of the game. And so I think. Uh, people like him have a good understanding of and a good feel for when you know something is happening in the game, uh, how that affects the crowd. And so he really knows when to step up and, and, and do something and lead everybody. I'd say he's definitely a leader in some sense. Oh, so yeah, I absolutely he, agree. He's got awesome chance. Yeah. Awesome chance. Yeah, he was sincerely one of my most remembered things about the Capitals Arena back when it was the Verizon Center. Last time I went and saw them, was maybe 2011, 2012. 
Joe Ward still played for them, man. That was that's yeah. It was a, uh, it was Joe a minute ago. <laughs> it was a minute ago. Uh, I was going ever since it was the MCI Center, so that was even before the Verizon Center. No so, uh, man. That was, that was good times on the corner right there at Seventh and F. Definitely, definitely a party. I've been going for a long time. But I will say this: so one of my favorite things that happens, and it doesn't happen every game, it only happens in certain situations, is to unleash the fury. I don't know if you've necessarily. I don't know if you've heard about it. You heard about? No, it I have not. Really? You haven't no, heard I have not. Continue. Well, this is so. This is something that's happening if the Capitals are either ahead or behind, and it's a very close game or tied. Right. Um, but it usually happens at around. It's the third TV timeout uh, of the third period. So it's the last TV timeout of the third period. So around usually the the six minute mark or so. And uh, what'll happen is is they have this video. It's really hard to explain, but it's basically just this video that's trying to get everybody pumped up. It's got a bunch of uh, scenes from movies where uh, you know people in those scenes are trying to get people pumped up, like something from Rudy or something from Animal House. You know those kinds right, of right, things. Right. Where it's just getting people pumped up, and you know they would say like, "Get on your feet" and stuff like, "We need everybody" and kind of thing. And everybody stands up and they all start clapping because everybody knows what's happening, what's going on. Right. And uh, I forget the music artist, or I don't. He's not. I don't think he's not a music artist. He's a comedian. I want to say, but uh, he has a guitar, and uh, he's talking about unleashing the fury. And it, I think it, it comes from a specific scene that he did and, and a skit that he did where. Um, He's, he's got this snake, I think, and he puts in a like a, a mouse, and he wants the snake to eat the mouse, and so he pulls out his guitar and he strums the guitar and he's like, "Unleash the fury," kind of thing, you know. And he's like, basically, like you know, do it, like let's do it, kind of thing. And Caps reached out to this guy, they got him to wear a Capitals jersey. Oh, and that's a guitar. awesome! Yeah, and he and he would strum the guitar and he would go unleash the fury, and then after all the scenes are done, and after you know they've gotten everybody on the feet and everybody's cheering. It goes back to him, and he goes, he just screams out. He's just like, Unleash the Fury! And everybody screams, Unleash the Fury at the same time. And then Wes Johnson goes crazy. He starts screaming in the mic. He's like, Everybody stand up. We need you on your feet. Let's go, kind of thing. So it's a great, uh, it's such a great, awesome opportunity to get everybody in the crowd involved in this game and just invested and ready to go. And it's really electric, and it's just, it's a lot of fun, and, and I, especially during the playoffs, oh my gosh, during the playoffs, it's amazing. Um, but it only happens in those kinds of games, though, so sometimes you'll go, and like if, like I've gone a couple of times, like for example, when I went to game one of this of this season, when we played Boston, we won that game 7 nothing. So there's no reason to unleash the Fury. You know, right. You've already unleashed it. Oh, right. It's already been unleashed. Exactly. <laughs> so they they only play that video and they only get everybody, you know, that involved and, and that electric when, you know, the team really needs it and when everybody is trying to get something, uh, when they're trying to get everybody wild up and give something to everybody to be excited about. Right. So, and I think um, that stands really appreciated by them as well. It separates oh, what's yeah. important and what's not. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. I think at that point it becomes like an entertainment thing, you know, where it's not necessarily it kind of takes away from the game. Obviously, like at that point, it's more than it's more than just game. It's more of actually getting the fans involved, right? You know, and making it making it interesting for everybody. And so that's that's the really uh, important part, and that's where um, the Capitals do as an organization and as an entertainment 
from an entertainment standpoint, that's where they really excel and why I'm really appreciative of the organization. I love it so much. Lots of, lots of really cool, awesome traditions that they do um, and things that they're going to do. Lots of, lots of really cool things. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Well, it's been a great time celebrating the Caps with you, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to talk to me about this. I really appreciate no, it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Allie, for, uh, for having me on here. It was a pleasure to talk about my team with you and um, to talk about my team with everybody else and just explain my emotions and my experiences. And obviously, I could talk for hours and hours <laughs> about this team yes. and organization, but um, I understand we have a limit here, but uh, if any time you want to talk about the Capitals, you know where to go. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem at all. Let's go Caps. Go Caps. And I'd like to give a special thanks to y'all that have listened and to the people that help make this podcast possible. I want to give a massive shout out to Penalty Box Radio, especially Justin Bradford for always supporting me and helping me in every way possible. This has been the first episode of Fan Relations, and I'm Allie Hayde. Thank you for listening.